conversation with us. All right, so we've been talking about renewing the mind, our foundational, renewing the spirit of your mind. I changed the teaching from renewing the mind. And so we started with our foundational scripture. Our foundational scripture is Romans 12, 2, right? Romans 12, 2, what? Be not conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And uh, the message says, don't fit into the world without thinking about it. So what it's saying is don't conform to a point where you start fitting in without thinking about it. Uh, I, through this teaching, I gave you something practical that's not necessarily in a word, but it's something I've learned over the years because uh, in my life, I've, I've, I've been exposed to and been subject to and been snared by a lot of manipulation. And I remember in our, uh, at our first location, I taught a message called uh, uh, No More Games. And uh, the foundation of the message was uh, people try to manipulate, but they can only manipulate you if you, you play the game. And so I had decided in my life I'm not playing no more games. So when there's a level of manipulation, I have this, this something surge up my spirit say, are you playing by yourself? If there's hustle, I'd be like, oh, are you playing by yourself? You know, because I, I can't play games. Now, how did I get caught up into manipulation? I got caught up like everybody else, suggestibility. Some things was offered to me that caught my attention. Right? Because otherwise, why would I even consider them, right? Um, and then I, I, I went from suggestibility to contagion. Contagion is going with the flow. So I started to go with the flow. Before you know it, I got caught up in the submergence where it took me over. And I, I'm, I'm flowing this way for a while, but the whole time, now I'm not vibrant and I'm not alive. Now I'm weighed. But I don't know why. I'm weighed because... I wasn't supposed to be carrying that armor. You know, remember, so, remember David said, I can't go fight with your armor. So, I was, I, so, so they submerged me in their armor, which weighed me down. My armor, which Ephesians 6 talks about, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm agile. I'm light as a flat feather, right? And so, so God knew that the adversary who has, what the scripture says, don't, don't be ignorant of his devices in Ephesians. He knew he has devices. He has ways to manipulate us. He knows that's one of the ways manipulations, you know, uh, once again, suggestibility, contagion, and getting us to go with the flow. Um, and so he says, hey, don't be, I'm sending you in this world, but don't be conformed. Always be transforming or evolving is what transforms means, right? And so, because so, you can easily get caught up in keeping up. You know, I don't care if you're in the world or you're in church. You can easily get caught up in keeping up. And so, in the message, it says, don't fit into the world without thinking about it. Before you know it, you just being dragged around, you know, almost like a puppy. <laughs> you know, you're just all over the place, right? All right, but then we talked about how it's, uh, not being conformed to the world is, okay, trying to change our conscience. That's where we agree. That's where we decide, I agree so I'm going to get into the mind. It's just a few practical things. I'm not a doctor, but just so you understand, this is, we're designed a certain way, right? But he said, uh, be renewed in the spirit of your mind in Ephesians 4.23, right? Mm -hmm. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So that's your subconscious. That's your default. And I told you, like, I used the example of riding a bike. You know, when you first start to ride a bike, you're consciously meant to assenting to try to keep your balance, Right? But then after a while, if you do it long enough, then it's a default. So now some of us can ride bikes, but every time we get on a bike, we're not going, oh, 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 I hope I stay, I stay up. We're not doing that because what? It's our default now. Now, you know, that works for positive and negative. Sometimes we would consciously agree to change our eating habits, uh, change our reading habits, uh, change our, our, uh, how can, our isolation habits. Because, you know, sometimes it's just easy to be by yourself. So I'll just tell you this because, you know, since I, I grew up with, in foster parents before I came to my family, so I'm without my family, but there was a, a, a grandchildren in the house, right? They were in the house, but they had a flow because they what? They were brother and sister. They're familiar. So most of the time I spend time by myself, and so I can play by myself. You know, I played checkers by myself, chess by myself. Um, I worked out by myself. I ran by myself, you know. Even when I got around people, I was with them, but I wasn't with them because I had trained myself not to open up so nobody hurt me. So I'm with you, but I'm not really with you. I'm in the room, but I'm really not there, right? 
because I, 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 my default was isolation. And if it looked like you got too close, I would go back into my default. You know, even, even I played with a college team. Uh, we traveled everywhere. We would be sitting around in rooms, but I, first of all, I didn't really like what they were talking about anyway. So I would go to the room and watch videos by myself. And they were like, man, you anti-social. I was like, man, I just don't want to be talking about other players I'm going to play against. I'm gone. So I, but, but because of my default, I could always find a way to retreat. And when I started to come to the kingdom and now I'm around people, I noticed something. It didn't take much for me to go back to my default. Because I agreed to change, but my subconscious hadn't changed. Right? Does that make sense? All right, all right. So, so that's just a uh, backdrop of, of, of what we had uh, been talking about. And uh, I think the last couple of weeks we were talking about reason and how, how we, uh, when we renew the spirit of our mind, we get the, the, the reasons that's in our default. We were talking about this in class too, in the spiritual authority class, uh, Saturdays at 7 a.m. It's not the spiritual authority class, it's Bible school. We're on the class of spiritual authority. And uh, we just talked about how reason comes. And we said reason is a product of the Garden of Eden, right? Uh, because of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. Before they ate of the tree, what? Evil wasn't an option. Reasoning was an option. So sometimes, we talked about this in class, sometimes when we hear from God, if our default hasn't changed, we'll assess if we want to approve what God is saying. I hear what you're saying, God. Now, now let, me, let me take this through my reasoning to see if I approve this message. Or let me take this through my reasoning to decide if I want to conform to what you're saying. It has to line up with what my reason has to make sense to my mind. Man, let, I, I mean, I'm trying to hear spiritual stuff. Right now, I just want to, it got to make sense up here. It got to cognitively harmonize for me to apply it. Because right now, it looks like foolishness unto me. Even though the scripture says, what? It's, it's uh, to the natural person is foolishness, right? The natural man can't understand the things of God for his foolishness unto them. And you, got, you had those, those, uh, those diagrams for me? Because this is going to help us with what we talked about, right? Uh, this is from Discipleship's Personality. This is our second book in our Discipleship's uh, master Life Discipleship class. And so, as you can see, it's the natural person, and you can see the top of the circle, you see God, but you see it's closed to God. The spirit is closed to God. The bottom of the circle, the flesh is open to Satan, right? That's how the natural man operates. So, you got sight, sound, and smell has a voice, right? The mind, will, and emotions have a voice, right? But as you can see, the spirit is crossed out. The spirit doesn't have a voice when I'm operating in the natural. So all the information has to make sense to how I feel and make sense to what? My emotions or, or my mind. It has to make logical or reasonable sense to me, right? When I'm natural, the spirit can go, man, this is, the, this is a good thing to do. Are you crazy? That's foolishness, right? I then you go to the, uh, the worldly person, the worldly Christian. So then when we, we are introduced to things of God, we mentally assent. We agree, right? We open up to God, right? You see the spirit is open to God now. We open up, we agree. Hey, about to do this thing. We'll do this, this spiritual Christian, whatever. Yeah, but you notice something, the bottom. The flesh is still open to Satan. So now I'm, I'm carnally minded, as it says in Romans 8. So yes, I'm consciously want to do spiritual things, but at the same time, I find myself doing worldly things. And it's okay for me because what? I'm a worldly Christian, right? But see, that's where, uh, uh, um, uh, well, you said she, uh, Pastor Mel interjected herself in the sermon, so she said, James is a double-minded man, is unstable in all his ways. Thank you for that. But I actually was going to go with the example of what she just said, so we'll use what she just said, Romans 7. Things that I want to do, I find myself not doing. The things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from what? This body of death. Right? Who shall deliver me from this flesh? Thanks be to God. The spirit. All right, so then if we, if we get this right, we realize this body is aging, it's dying. If I, if I yield to my flesh, my flesh trying to die. You know, I'm 60 years of age, right? The flesh will sleep all day. 
because it's simulating death. Right? The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, 41, right? All right, so, so if we get this right, we go to the spiritual Christian. So this is not just a mental ascent. This is, okay. <laughs> All right, look at the spiritual system. Oh, spiritual Christian is open to God, but look, not only is it close to the flesh, but you see that word there called crucified? The flesh is crucified. Guess what? The flesh don't get a voice. Feelings don't get a voice. Emotions don't get a voice. I'm led by the spirit now. They that are led by the spirit are, 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 the, are the sons of God. Right? Now, look, look, look up here uh, uh, at the top. You got Ephesians 5.18 that says, uh, uh, be filled with the spirit. Or, or the Greek says, be being filled, continuously filled with the spirit. But I like Galatians 2.20. See, I'm, I'm crucified with Christ. So my feelings, my logic, all that noise running through my head is crucified. All my reasons is crucified. I'm being led by the Spirit. So I don't have to actually see the, the, the full, uh, how can I say, logical thing that I want to do. It doesn't have to line up my reason. If the Spirit is leading me, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. See? Because I don't, it's not, because my sight, did, you see sight there on the outside of that circle? That's connected to the body. I'm not walking by sight. Because it could look like the right thing. I'm going to be led by the Spirit because the Bible says, before it gets to 1 Corinthians 2, 14, about the natural man, 1 Corinthians 2, 10, it says, the Spirit searches the deep things of God. Right? Hey, <laughs> all right, the Spirit searches the deep things of God. You see that? So I want to be spirit-led, not natural man or fleshly-led, right? Again, that's hard, you know, right? So, I, uh, you know, led by the Spirit, that's Romans 8, right? And we talked about last week how the Spirit shows you things to come, right? That's John uh, 16, 17. We, we went over that last week, so we don't have to get, go over that again. But we did talk about this. We said... Um, I don't know if we talked about it. We'll talk about it right now. So a lot of times we haven't been looking through our spiritual eyes. We've been looking through our, uh, Mrs. Lamar highlighted it in the health meeting, our authorities, or should we say reasons eyes. As we talked about in um, survival kit class, uh, week four is about the four sources of authority, right? And so you have tradition, you have intellect and you have your experience. All those things feed the mind and the flesh because I'm used to it. It's my experience. You know, sometimes you not like to go where everybody knows your name. That's my experience. I don't want to be in un un uncomfortable conditions. We, we talked about uncomfortable conditions in um, a class uh, yesterday too, right? So that's, that's my, you know, my flesh kind of want to roll with this is tradition because tradition I can just do it out of habit tell me what the what, what the the uh, criteria is I just do that over and over and over right right intellect I can do it because it makes sense to my reasoning experience I can do it because it feels like what I've always done but the scripture says that the true source of authority is what God God's word right that's the true source of authority that's, that's a different way of operating See, now the spirit is going to harmonize with God's word. Does that make sense? Yes. The spirit is going to harmonize with God's word. All right, so let's look here at uh, Matthew 12. You guys are with me? Yes. So as you grow through this process, listen, man, it's, 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 it could be uh, somewhat stretching. You know, at times it would be somewhat stretching because reason will always kick in and justify what, I, what you feel like, right? You know, how many people... Reason has kicked in and justified what they feel like on quite a few occasions. How many people, reason kicked in, justify how you feel, you went down that road and wish you didn't? You know, I mean, I, I did, you know, and about four or five other people. It might be more than that. I'm just saying four or five other people raised their hands. So. All right, so, so Matthew 12, verse 33. Matthew 12, verse 33. It says this, either make the tree good and his fruit 
or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by what? His fruit. So that means a tree is known by what it produces. Not by what it's saying, but by what it produces. It says, O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? So he says, you live, your habitual habit is living evil. So you're trying to tell me what you're saying is good, but you probably don't realize what you're saying is tainted with what's in your default. But since it's in your default, you're so familiar with it, you can't recognize it. You can't recognize it in the vacuum. In other words, if you speak darkness and you live in darkness, you won't recognize it in the atmosphere of light. But the people in light know it's darkness. You know, uh, Gwen was talking about uh, how many years ago you stopped smoking, Gwen? Uh, it was drinking. Beer, actually. How long? 27 years. Um, but I can guarantee you, somebody come around you smelling like beer, you pick it up like that. Because you, you, you don't drink. You can smell the alcohol on them like that. You can smell the weed on them. You can smell uh, the cigarettes on them. But the person, they probably did all types of cologne, brushed their teeth and everything like that. You know, just show up. <laughs> you know, and then wonder why people be, you know. Yeah, 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 good point. Yeah, you know, you step back, they step up, you step back. Well, what it is is people can sense things. Uh, when you're in the light, you recognize people in the darkness. You know, when, you, when you're led by the Spirit, you recognize people that are led by reason. Not to put them down or judge them, to know how to help. You understand what I'm saying? To know how to help. But the person that's in darkness or in reasoning or smoking, whatever you want to pick. You, you can pick whatever you want. Um, they're not trying to be evil. They just don't recognize what they're carrying. Right? Because they're used to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, they're used to it. All right. All right, so, so uh, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Uh, for by thy words that shall thou be justified, by thy words thou shalt be condemned. But, but I like 35. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart. The Bible says we have a treasure hidden in earthen vessels. So there's, there's stuff embedded in us, in our default. So consciously we're trying to make one move, but our treasure keeps coming out. Because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So you can try to consciously think positive or uh, I'm going to say this respectfully. Hopefully y'all didn't see this because then y'all going to be like, man, why are you, why are you playing like that? Uh, but I was listening to a, to a man of God speak, and he didn't curse. But he, 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 he did a curse replacement. So just, just stay with me here. I'm, not trying to, I'm just trying to give you perspective. So I used to curse. When I first stopped cursing, I used curse replacements, Right? Uh, like, you know, you used to drink. When you first stopped drinking, you used drink replacements, right? Well, I don't use replacements because I'm not cursing. I don't curse when I stub my toe. I don't curse when I'm upset, when I'm mad. You know why I don't curse? Not because I'm special. It ain't in me. You see what I'm saying? The word is in me. Uh, uh, in the early days of the marriage, God bless us, you know, we had to go through the wars, right? So, you know, it's... It's, uh, you say, uh, Stella said we all done went through the wars, right? You know, so some, um, wow. You know, so August would be 30 years we've been married. That, that 30 years is powerful. So some of the first, I don't know, year and a half or two, I'm from Newark, New Jersey. She's from Columbus, Ohio. I'm looking to create a little Keith. She's trying to create a little Melanie. Y'all know us now, so imagine how that was working. Well, it was worse then because we wasn't in the word as we are now. We was new to it. So we're going at it. And, and I'm, a, I'm a logical, exhaustive thinking person. You, y'all figured that out too, right? So emotions don't always make sense. We don't really need all the laughter right now. <laughs> You know, like, so when you're logical, emotions don't make sense. Somebody just doing something out of feeling, you're like, that, you, you go right to logic. But to harmonize, we're going to talk about winning together in relationship boot camp. I got to lay down my logic 
and be sensitive to her feelings. But she has to lay down her feelings to understand my logic, right? But we didn't know that. I'm like, that's not logical. She's like, well, you ain't feeling me, right? <laughs> All right, so when it, went, when it got heated, I, like, I don't like to carry stuff. She will tell you this. I don't like to carry. So if I'm dealing with stuff now, I'm like, hey, let's talk about this. I said, because I'm not going to walk around carrying it. If I think something, I could be off, but I'm not going to walk around and speculate for the other person. I can just ask the person, what were you thinking when you did that? And I'll tell you how it affected me, right? Yeah. Right? We could talk it through. I, we went, that, that wasn't, I'm telling you, that's what, how I am. That's not how it was. I'm, I go, so, so I would leave the house, and we had a basketball court, like, right down the way. So I decided to go to the basketball court. But I was used to doing something. I was used to having a drink. When there was a void, the day wasn't going to end on a void. I can have a drink. But now I can't drink because I'm a Christian. Oh, it's excruciating. Because I was like, what do I do with this? I, I'm putting up shots, but I can't even see the basket. I'm so mad. You know, like, and then I'm in there talking to the court. Man, she's going to do this, going to say the, who she thinks she Well, if you didn't do this, this wouldn't happen. You know, in my mind, I probably could break down so many different scenarios. Uh, oh, you're going to tell me this? What about that? Now, I'm out there by myself. There ain't nobody out there. <laughs> well, now I was transitioning then. So I can go away and, and, and find chinks in the other person's armor to justify my position. I can fight through the temptation of wanting to get a drink because I, I, I stopped drinking, so I can't do that. Right? Oh, I ain't doing that now. I go to my study. I spend time in God's presence. I'm fasting and praying because that's my default now. You see what I'm saying? And boy, I get through that quick and, you know, a lot of times the Holy Spirit tell me what I don't want to hear. You know, like, uh, yeah, no, you handled that wrong. Go apologize. But I done gave my best. You need to get it together. You know how you give your best one and look like you won? The Holy Spirit said, no, I'll go back and apologize. I'll come back and say, well, baby, I handled that wrong, this, that, and the other. Or sometimes, one time he told me to go in the room and look at her. And she was in the room, and I was like, I was like, wow, like, man, that's my best friend. She over there, like, without me. This ain't worth that. You know, so I, I didn't even need no, no understanding. I saw my wife hurting. That was enough for me to change. To get out of me. All right? So I'm still talking about default. So, so, so just stay with me here, right? So Ephesians 2. Let's go to Ephesians 2. Because we talked last week about being born again. You must be born again, right? Yeah, so, so, so again, oh, when you hear born again, and let's say you've been positive your whole life. This is good, boy. This is good right here. You've been positive your whole life. You come to Jesus, and they say you must be born again. Do you really think you need to be born again? Did you think you wasn't going to heaven? Why? Because what? You're positive. You help people. You give people money. Sometimes when they need healing. Right? Sometimes when they need wisdom, you just keep throwing the dollars at them. You know, I, I had so one, 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 one child told the parent, appreciate the money, but I'd rather have you. Right? So, so what I'm saying is, like, like, like think, let's, let's think through these things, how we operate. Most people are like, well, I know I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. Who's determining your good? Reasons. Reason is, who, who made you feel so confident that you know you're getting in? Reason. Who told you no matter what I do, I'm in. I can chill now. Reason. All right, so let's go to Ephesians. That's why we said you must be born again. That's for all of us. Right? Keith Bradley, too. Matter of fact, I think, I think I was getting in because of what I went through. Figure all the stuff I've been through, I know God take, taking me to heaven. Almost like he owed me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 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 oh, you know, hey, hey, no, no. God got to, I'm calling in my marker when I get to there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, all this that you allowed me to go through, you just let me in. And we even. <laughs> Look, that was reason too, right? 
I would have been the first person. You know, I, I, I look at it like there's a, a button, and if you ain't supposed to get in, they hit the button, and you, you just drop down. <laughs> so probably before I got through the conversation, somebody would hit the button. Hey! <laughs> All right, so Ephesians 2, 8, right? It says this. It says, for by grace are you saved, right? Through faith. Now, this faith is important, right? Now, the natural man doesn't understand faith. It says, that not of yourselves, but the gift of God. Now, that's hard because we look at what we can control and do to be our atonement. We can't possibly think, see, because we don't want to owe nobody, right? right. And so, so, if we accept God's grace, we owe him. We have to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable. But if we did all the work, we don't owe nobody. I mean, God, wasn't for me. This person wouldn't be happy. This person wouldn't be saved. You owe me. So we can come in entitled because we were entitled in all our lives with our families, right? Yes. You see that? But that's what? Reason. Right. All right, so it says, it says, you're saved by grace through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So we owe God, right? It says, not of works, lest any man should boast. It says, look at this. For we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus under what? Good works. So there could be bad works then, can't there? It says, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. See, we're recreated in good works, right? Now that the spirit of our mind is renewed. If the spirit of our mind is not renewed, we may still be off of default doing works, and, be, and, and the works are justified by reason, not God's word or the spirit of God's approval. You see that? See, now when my mind is, re, the spirit of my mind is renewed, I see differently. I see, I see sin differently. When sin shows up, I don't get condemned or nothing like that. It challenges me to repent. Like my first thought is, how do I repent? Actually, uh, I'm, you know, because I have to be transparent, right? So I'm reading uh, while I'm on the bike this morning at the gym. I'm reading uh, Spiritual Authority. Uh, the, obviously, I've read it a thousand times because I've taught the class so much, but I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading through with the class. Well, I'm reading out ahead of the class because you know how y'all is. You know, I can't be like behind you or in. So, so, so I'm reading through chapter 17, and, and it, it, it showed me something I never saw. And never saw it that way. It was just talking about David and how David, no matter what, the guy came to him, took, uh, killed Saul. Saul was already dying, but he thought he was helping Saul. Took the crown, took the ring, brought it to David and said, hey, man, uh, Saul, Saul, he's about to die. Uh, you know, I helped him to die faster so he wouldn't be in pain. And I got the crown. Here you go because I know you're supposed to be the next king. We all know that. He said, oh, you thought you was going to be rewarded? So he had him killed. He said, you, could just, you think you can just touch God's anointing like that? And well, if he was about to die, you should have let him die. Basically, that's what he's saying. Another guy, uh, so his son takes over the crown, and then uh, or Ishaboth or Ishabeth, uh, might not be saying the name right. Um, he takes over. They kill him. And they come to, come to David again. Hey. No, you was waiting on being king, but you, you was honoring that the son was in there. Just let you know, we took the son out. You go ahead, take your crown. He said, the last dude that came to me, thinking he was going to get a reward for taking out the father, who was evil, he got taken out. You took out a righteous man, and you think I'm letting you off the hook? He said, oh, no, we, you, you, you out of here. And, and so you had the time when Saul was chasing him, trying to kill him, but he, he had him. He had him cornered. And it said he, he cut his skirt, but it smote him in his heart because his default was connected to God, that he would cut the man of God like that. Then, it, then um, there was another time he cornered him, and he took his stuff, but he took his stuff so he would be heard. So he's op operating like a lawyer, but not a man of God. A man of God trusts God. And so that smote him in his heart too. And so as the author was, was walking through it, he said, listen, man, of course, you don't initiate your own throne. The Bible says, uh, how should they uh, uh, preach or give a word except they be sent? Like, we don't send ourselves. But bigger than that, he didn't initiate his own moves. Read through the story, man. No matter what, he didn't, 
He was supposed to be the next king. Even after that, he didn't take the kingdom. He took a tribe. And why did he take the tribe? He inquired of the Lord and took a tribe instead of all the other tribes. He waited on God. But, but the biggest thing that challenges me, challenged me to repent was the author said when other people was coming against that, that God's anointed, even though he was treating them wrong, he wouldn't endorse it. He wouldn't, yeah, man, I know what you're saying. He wouldn't do none of that. It's like, no, 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 no. That's God's anointing. Let God deal with him. And I'm not signing off on it either. So I repented. I repented because I, I wasn't completely sure that I've never done that. Because we was in a terrible situation. And, and I know I had a line from day one. Hey, so you asked me something, I said, I'll tell you what happened, but it's a line I'm not crossing. I'm not going to trash anybody. But there's times me and my wife would, in the conversation, be like, I don't know, we might have went a little too far. You know, because, you know, somebody agree with you and somebody understands your plight, you can get pulled into their direction without even realizing it. But it's still your responsibility. So I repented this morning. Um, I got in the car and I told my wife. It wasn't private. And I guess I just told y'all and everybody watching. <laughs> guess, I guess this is a time when you should be aware that you have an audience. <laughs> right? No, it's cool. Uh, you know, it's cool. Just transparently. So, so what I'm saying is that what I got, that illumination challenged any reasoning I would have, any justification I would have. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like. Because reason to come up, well, you know what I'm saying, look at what you went through. It had nothing to do with that. It's about obedience, not what logically makes sense or what you think you deserve. It's not about deserve. It's about obedience. Because you don't want to have me, well, we talked about this guy talk. You don't want to have me to bring all the people that, all the conditions Joseph went through. He didn't deserve it. See, remember, it wasn't his fault, but it was his responsibility. And look at it, I'll let you guys study out all the great men that had unfavorable conditions. I won't get into that right now. So, so, so I see sin differently. I see things differently because of my renewing of my mind, renewing of the spirit of my mind, and it challenges me to repent just like this morning. See, that's what happened with the prodigal son. The prodigal son was dead in sin, right? But he wasn't received back until he repented. So he says, whoa, my father's servants roll better than this. I'm going to go back to my father and just, hey, just hire me as a servant. He didn't go, I see what I did wrong. Let me come back to the house. I just, just accept me back where I, you know, where I leave off at. He didn't do that. He came back and was willing to serve as a servant, but was received as a son. Why? Because he repented in his heart, right? He repented in his heart. Now, we was reading through this. Let's go to Genesis 6-5. Genesis 6-5. Stay locked in, y'all. Stay locked in. Stay locked in. Right? We talked about that at Guy Talk. How to, how to keep moving in the midst of unfavorable conditions. You know, that's why God can't get a lot of greatness because people are always looking for favorable conditions. Favorable conditions don't build your character. It doesn't challenge you. You don't have to wait on the Lord because everything is at your convenience, right? That's not just me saying to go look through Daniel. Look through, uh, well, I gave y'all yesterday all the J's, uh, Joseph, Jacob, uh, Job, uh, Jesus, right? Look through all there. Look at the unfavorable conditions, right? But that's another message, so I won't get into it right now. Uh, 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 Genesis, right? Did I say Genesis? Genesis 6. 6, chapter 6, verse 5, right? Okay. Um, we read through this already, but it said, look, and this is when God decided I'm about to destroy everything. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, right? It says, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Look, he didn't just take the world, the world, the world out for what they was doing. He took them out for what they was thinking. Look at the thoughts that was running through their hearts. Evil continually. It says right here, right? Y'all saw that, right? 
But look, look, it says the thoughts of what? Of their heart. That's where your default is. So he's saying even if they agree to change, in their default is evil. So they're going to do evil without thinking about it. That's why everybody was wiped away. See, this is the thing. To change that evil heart, people have to be illuminated, but they have to receive the revelation. Remember, we learned this in, in a Bible school, right? God sends revelation through the vehicle of what? Uh, y'all said it. You know how y'all said it? Inspiration? Inspiration? He sends, uh, let's try it again. He sends revelation through the vehicle of what? Inspiration, right? To trigger in us what? Illumination. There you go. All right. All right. Come on now. Come on, class. Don't make, make me look like I teach something. All right. So, so the goal is God is sending what we need to what? Change our default. But we got to receive it. So it's coming through inspiration in spirit, through the spirit. We got to receive it. If we reject it through our reason, we are not illuminated. So, why, so, so illumination takes light all the way down to your default. Information only offers light to your conscience. You may, you may see enough to agree, but not enough to change. Illumination will change you. What you got to receive. That's why the Bible says meditate on the word day and night and do all that's written therein. That's why it's like, well, that don't make sense to me. Well, I don't agree with that. Well, why would it if you just visited the information? Did you get the revelation to trigger illumination? And that's not, that's, that's, that's not about intellect. It's about receptivity. Everything you receive, get a new job tomorrow. You have no idea what they're doing there. You, and at first you're like, okay, how are we going to do this? You have to spend time. You have to invest time. All these uh, athletes I minister to, they go in, they give them an iPad with all these plays, stacks of plays. Uh, Twyquan that, that's visited church. The reason why he would get jobs is because he received better than most people. So if we know we could bring him right in. He's going to learn the playbook, and then we can get him rolling. Right? And so, so the same thing you got to receive. Otherwise, you out there, you with the team, but you're, you're on the team, but you're not with the team. Because they're running plays, but you over here. Because you, ain't, you, you, you haven't absorbed. It's, it's not revelation to you. It hasn't illuminated, so you're not doing it by default. Oh. They, so what you do is they call a play, you run the exact play. Even though the, the defense just shifted over there. When they shift it, it should trigger a default in you to alternate that route. To, to run a different pattern based on, oh, no, 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 the safety just came up. As soon as the safety come up, it triggers in my default that, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to run this hook, hook route. But if the safety don't come up, I'm going to run a crossing pattern. But it's a default. And the quarterback is operating on that default, so he throws it there. We watch on TV. Man, he threw the ball away. I hate that guy. No, he didn't throw the ball away. He threw it where the guy was supposed to be. But he wasn't in place because he didn't get the same revelation. He's operating off a different default. He operating off a of fear. Oh, I hope I catch the ball. I hope I catch the ball. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess up. While he's doing all that, things are happening that he's supposed to, that's supposed to trigger his default. Same thing in our life. While we got all this noise, there are obviously things we're supposed to operate in in our default. You see what I'm saying? You got me? Right, we're still here. So, so we, we neglect God's revelation, we pay the price of scars, right? The quicker we yield to revelation, the less scars we obtain. The quicker we yield to revelation, the less scars we obtain. See, our own nature has been dragging along reasoning, which is our own understanding and their, their, their own understanding. So I say it's both. So sometimes it's our own understanding, sometimes what everybody else is saying, Right? If you, go, if you study out David, the first time he made a mistake, it wasn't his own understanding. It was their understanding. They was like, oh, man, you got him, man. Take him out. He reflexed, cut his skirt, but somebody had told him something. Then it smote him in his heart. He comes back, 
and go, whoa, I did that wrong. He repented. The next time they say, yo, we can take him out. Oh, no, no, you ain't getting me this time. You ain't getting me this time. But he still, he, he watered down doing something that he need, didn't need to do when his whole goal was just wait on the Lord, right? So sometimes it's our own understanding. Sometimes it's their understanding. I made a lot of decisions based on their understanding, right? So our job is to intentionally uh, transform to the mind of Christ. That's what our job is. We're constantly trying to operate in, uh, to shift our lifestyle because I'm, you know, I'm born again, right? Ibsen? I'm, I'm coming to the kingdom now. So now I'm transforming myself so my default is the mind of Christ. Scripture says, uh, let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. Study out Christ. His default was God's will. Not here to do my will, will of the Father. Not here to do my... Unfavorable circumstances. Listen, we talked about this in Guy Talk. Man, Jesus came down here from perfection to corruption. Everything in the earth is aging. Everything in the heaven realm is living. Right? He he came from eternal to temporary. Not only that, look at this, because you know a lot of people, you want to be around people you're comfortable with. Guess what? Nobody was like him. No, no, I didn't say one person. Nobody was like him the whole time he was here. And he had to be behind the scenes for 30 years. How, must, how many of us can stay behind the scenes for 30 years for what we're calling purpose to do? And you got power. And you got skills. And he, he listen, he was an excellent carpenter. He didn't go, man, I'm just, they got me doing this carpenter stuff, man, I'm a messiah. No, I'll just do the carpenter stuff until God releases me to what I'm doing. Then he had three and a half years of fame. 30 years of preparation for three and a half years of fame and still with the fame. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. This ain't, this ain't it. I'm here to do God's will. I, it's all power. I'm going to all power. I'm, I'm, I care less about all y'all props. Do you see what I'm saying? Look at what he processed through. We have to have that type of mind. But that doesn't line up with, you know, somebody just said this yesterday. I don't know, it was God talking. It was like, well, we live in this microwave society. Everything has got, ah, I'm a little bit uncomfortable. Got to, got, to, got to do something. I'm a little bit uncomfortable. Got to do something. Everything is, has to be quick, quick, quick. Uh, oh, I know it was Ray. <laughs> Ray was saying, he said, man, we live in this microwave society. He said, man, uh, you know, he was, he was challenging the men. He was like, we got to step it up. He said, because even me, man, he said, you know, I, you know, I'm tempted to get lazy. He said, you can pretty much push a button and get everything you want. Did you say that yesterday? He's like, he said, man, I don't have to cook. I don't even have to go get it. I can just call. I just, just, you know, if, if I got it on speed dial, just uh, speed dial the noddles or wherever you eat at, and they bring it to me. So I don't have to move. I don't have to exercise my muscles. I don't have to get my metabolism going. I can stay right here and watch all the games and have everything come to me, even if the wife ain't home. The most I would have to do is get up and answer the door. And if, I, if, if I'm comfortable in the environment, I don't have to do that. I can just say, door's open, you know, because we got the rings. You know, you got the ring, you'd be like, door's open, come in. Or you can say, leave it right there. You, you understand what I'm saying? That's what you said yesterday, right? Right? So, so that's not the mind of Christ. Right? Look at what he went through. And he embraced anything that was going to uh, build his character, right? He didn't try to get around it. So that's why the scripture says, uh, be transformed. You know, our job is to intentionally transform to the mind of Christ. See, allowing our burial in Christ to deliver us from the knowledge of good and evil. That's what we're doing. Remember, we crucified with Christ, so we're allowing ourselves to be buried in Christ. But you know what the flesh does? What the default does? As soon as it looks like we're about to be buried, we try to resurrect ourselves, right? We, we fighting it. No! No! Right? Like, no! Like, we fighting it because we think we're going to lose if we give up all of ourselves. But that's what burial is. You're baptized into the body, you're baptized into Christ. But we holding on. Like, you know, I, I know I was holding on for a long time. I wasn't letting go. You know, you ain't getting me. You know, I was like, see, that's what reason told me. You, 
Gerard, you trying to get me. I know. You trying. You, yeah, yeah. You ain't getting me. Because, see, I'm smart. I can figure a way out of, out, of, out of you trying to trap. But your trap is trying to put me in a position where I get buried so God can resurrect me. And now I live through the power of God flowing through me. I live through being led by the Spirit. That's what you're trying to do. But I only see traps one way. As restricting me from doing what I want to do. Not going to happen, bro. Nice try, Gerard. Whoa, I just see, I saw that. I saw that. Mm, you're going to get, try to get me with that truth over there. Man, it's not really the truth. See, it's your truth, not my truth. I got my own truth now. You know, got the copyright, you know, the IP address and everything. I got my own truth. I'm not playing off of God's truth. So, so we have to kind of watch that, you know. That's why when we, read, we saw those designs from the natural person to the worldly Christian to the spiritual Christian, it's a process. It's a process to renew the spirit of our mind. So what we're trying to do is return to God's original intent. And this is God's original intent. For evil to not have a vote at the table of obedience. God's original intent is for evil not to have a vote at the table of obedience. Now, this is what reason just did in your mind. I'm not an evil person. I don't do evil things. I have not played with a Ouija board. I'm not worshiping no stars or nothing like that. I'm not doing no horoscopes. Uh, I don't go to a devil worshiping seances and stuff like that. We put evil only in that category. We don't put disobedience in the category of evil, even though it is. We don't put not doing God's will in the category of evil, even though it is. Right? Mm -hmm. See, see, so because the sentence against the evil work is not executed speedily, men find it in their heart to do wrong. Right? Ecclesiastes uh, 8, 11, right? And so, so what God is saying is when, when the knowledge of good and evil was introduced at that tree, now evil was an option. Now, when I, before that, God said, we did. Adam did, Eve did, the angels did, the trees did, the birds did. Like, imagine a tree, like, grow. Man, you know how comfortable it is under that dirt? And you're trying to tell me to grow. I don't want to go out there. Storms out there. Winds out there. Somebody can step on me. This is how we operate as trees. Because the, tree, the Bible says we're trees planted by the rivers of water supposed to bring forth our fruit. Well, why are we not producing fruit? Because we're deciding if we want to evolve. You know, and then we start to say, oh, no, 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 no. Now, I'm not trying to be exposed. I like being behind the scenes. I like being under the dirt. When I come out there, there's a lot more to deal with, and I can't control everything. We got winds, we got storms, you know, you got kids riding bikes, you know, and then suppose somebody runs me over before I grow into being a tree. I ain't here. None of these trees out here complaining. You know what they're doing? They're obedient. They're just growing. Planet, growing. Planet, growing. Weed only wants to stay planted. Ah, it looks like the conditions over here are not favorable. I'm going to go plant over there. Listen, there's trees in North New Jersey. They're Brick City. And, and, and they grow in unfavorable conditions because there's not a lot of uh, real estate, like we call it, like just uh, soy, good soil. Those trees don't care. What happens is they adapt for the environment and they become stronger than trees out here. I know this because they break through cement. I was a housing inspector. Most of the people that had trouble with their plumbing was because of the trees. Trees was looking for water, said, y'all shouldn't have planted me here because I'm going to find water even if I have to go through your pipes. And so the reason why they had stopped is because the trees broke through the pipes to get to the water source because you didn't plant the tree near water. You planted it on brick. So it, 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 listen, you should see, like, you know, people go, man, they need to take care of the sidewalks. Sidewalks are like this. Because we, we used to use them for ramps. You know, we used to get our bikes. We used to, you know, right? We used to use them. Why? But the, those trees in those conditions still flourish. 
We had a plum tree in our backyard. It produced plums in the brick city. It still flourished. Can you flourish in the conditions you're planting in? But we have to renew our mind to be able to do that. Logic will say, ah, this is not possible. Yeah, not with man, but with God, all things are possible, right? Right, somebody has to see it. The price has been paid for the knowledge of good and evil or evil to return to one response called obedience, right? The wages of sin is death. The payment for sin is death. The payment for eating the tree and opening ourselves up to evil is, is death. In, our, in all our best logic, it can only lead us to death. Premature death, early death, right away death, and eventually eternal death, right? But that price has been paid. It's been paid for us no longer to uh, bow down to knowledge of good and evil, but have evil bound down to what? Obedience, right? So that's going to be what our goal is. Um, let's, let's look here real quick. We'll kind of kind of uh, wind down uh, with these passages here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Ooh. Well, I guess we're supposed to talk about that next week, so I'll be patient. Kind of wish I'd have skipped all this just to get to that, but okay. See, that's reasoning right there. <laughs> It's what I like. <laughs> what I like ain't got nothing to do with what you need. <laughs> right? Probably have a lot to do with what I need. I need to go over it again so I can get it. Uh, so 1 Corinthians 6. and Now, this is after he tells us to flee fornication and no use your temples. Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Um, uh, and that's verse 19, but verse 20. It says, for you are bought with a price. I just told you he paid the price for you, right? It says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, right? So, so again, we talk about this when you see uh, in the Bible, you see body and you see spirit, but you don't see the mind. The scripture is talking to the mind because the mind is where you make your choices. So it's saying mind, the body and spirit is God's, right? You've been bought with a price, right? Honor who paid for you, right? Honor who paid for you. Let's go to Galatians 4. And this should be the last go in the book and read scripture. Can't say what will come out of my mouth from the abundance of my heart. But Galatians 4, of course, you know, this is the chapter, this is the heirs church chapter because the heir is no different than the servant as long as he's a child, but that's not what we're reading right now. We'll start here, verse 22. Right? Is that right? Yeah. We'll start at verse 22. It says, for it is written that Abraham had what? Two sons, right? The one by a bondwoman, we know that through reading through it, that's who? No. The bondwoman is who? Hagar. Okay, all right. The other by a free woman. We know who that is, right? Sarah. Okay, all right. So yeah, default just jumped out, right? <laughs> All right, it says, which things are an allegory? So it's saying it's an allegory of the life we live. When you see allegories, allegories may not be saying the exact same thing, but some scriptures are allegories because it's parallel to something that we relate to in our life. We relate to being bound and being free, okay? It says, so for which, which things are allegory for these are two covenants. It says, the one from Mount Sinai, which... In which engendereth bondage, which is Agar. This is written in the Greek, but it's talking about Hagar. I'm at, I'm at Genesis 4.24, right? Galatians, I'm sorry, 4.24. Sorry about that. Yeah, I just read 24, right? Yeah, okay. So when it says, which is Agar, it's talking about Hagar, but that's how the Greek spells it. In the, in the Old Testament, you would see the H, but this is uh, spelling it, converting it, okay? H is silent. It says, for this Agar, for our conversations, Hagar in Mount Sinai in Arabia, and, 
and answers to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. So he's just fighting now, of course, because of those things. It says, but Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. So it's talking about what was birthed through Sarah, right? It says, for it is written, rejoice thou barren that beareth not, break forth and cry that travaileth not, for the desolate has many more children than she which has, has a husband. So what it's saying is Sarah, Sarah was barren. But in her, because supernaturally she had to be birthed, was the ability to have much more children and much more of a lineage than the child of bondage that seems like they had the favorable conditions. Right? She had the unfavorable conditions. Does that make sense? It says, now we, brethren, as Isaac, that's the child I was birthed, now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. It says, but as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. It says, nevertheless, what saith the scripture, cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Now go back to 29, it says, but then he that was born after the flesh persecuted that which was born after the spirit, even so it is now. And so a lot of our default was born after the flesh. And so when you hear things spiritually, immediately the flesh is going to rise up, reason is going to rise up and persecute it. It don't take all that. That's not necessary or that's too spiritual. Or can't nobody live like that? That's not the spirit man talking. That's the bond, the bondage talking to excuse change, to excuse commitment to new, to com- uh, to excuse, you know, because you get to a point where you say, "Man, I, I've given as much as I can give. That's all I'm giving right now." But the Bible says, "When you've done all you can do to stand." stand there for. Now, the, the natural person doesn't understand. What am I standing there for? I've exhausted all resources, possibilities, strength. I, I'm done. But the spirit man saying, you're standing there for the reason why God allowed you to exhaust everything. So now you have to depend on him. And, you, and the old man won't get in the way because it's spent. I told you when I, you know, I learned something this year, well, last year working out, I was lifting. And this guy, he's lifting four or 500 pounds. I don't lift four or 500 pounds. And he showed up. He said, man, you, 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 you're working too hard. He said, can I offer you something? I said, sure. He, says, he said, listen, man, he says, you, you, your elbows are out. You, you're using your shoulders too much. And I was like, well, that's probably why I got shoulder pain. He says, yeah, you, you, you have to get under it. You know, something we was talking about, right? You have to get under it. And, you know, he says, you know, I told you I big back, big bench. But then, so, so I heard what he said. But I, how I got into the conversation, I'm always looking to minister, but I try to relate to something. He was lifting all his weights, 400 pounds or whatever. But then he would go and do curls in between with, with some weight. And I'm like, I said, I can't take it. I said, ain't that taken away from the strength of your lifting? He said, No. He said, I got to fatigue my biceps so they don't engage in me doing the bench press. Because if they engage, they're going to engage my shoulder. So now I'm not lifting with my back. And it's going to affect my technique. And I can hurt my shoulders. He said, so I need to fatigue this muscle. Because I don't want to use it while I'm benching. That's why I told you big back, big bench. Right? And I was like. That makes absolutely no sense to my reasoning. But I said, hey, I can't argue with the results. <laughs> That's what you talked about the other day. Look, I can't argue with the results. See, so reason wants to ignore the results. I couldn't argue with the results. He's lifting four or 500. I, at that point, I think I had, five, I had just got back to like 300. But I was like, 300 was like hurting. Like, hurting bad. Matter of fact, I was going to need to take a couple days off because my shoulders would be hurting. 
And this guy started to, every day I came to the gym, he was just showing me stuff. So he had me lifting. I haven't got back to that yet, but like 335. He just, he's like, he said, you got all those muscles. You can lift a whole lot more than you're lifting if you do it the right way. What am I saying? The bicep is our natural man. It's our flesh. When a lot of times you're like, okay, God, you showing up now? Because this is getting too much. And he still don't show up. God, you're going to show up now? I'm almost at the end. I'm almost at the end. I ain't got nothing left. You're going to show up now? No, God's letting you fatigue the flesh. So when it's time for you to walk by faith, the flesh can't be engaged because you fatigued it. You see what I'm saying? Because you could end up hurting something else. Because see, the flesh is also, when it's engaged, it's attached to logic and reasoning. So now when, when, when it's time for you to deal with the resistance, now you got the flesh operating, logic, reasoning, and everything, all his friends start to get engaged, and you start to hurt yourself because you're using the wrong muscles to, re, to, to relieve it. You got to use your spiritual muscles. That's your back. Right? And you can actually resist more of the weight of the world on you. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so we got to change our default. Now, what I had to do, listen, I told you I found this out last year. I just turned 60 in August. Last year, I was about to say I've turned 59, but I forgot. This year, I'll be 61. Right? So, so all, my, all my lifting life, I started lifting in high school when I was like 15. I didn't bench because I thought it would mess up my jump shot, but I did leg lifting and stuff like that. And then college. Then in upstate New York, when, when I was around physical uh, trainers that trained me how to use all my muscles. Then I go to Ohio, and I learn how to get stronger. All this stuff I think I know. It's in my logic. It's in my default. But I hear something that doesn't line up with my reason. So now I have a choice. Accept it or reject it. I accepted it. And I'm stronger. It's my habit now. Other people look at me like, why is this guy doing curls while he's doing the bench? It makes no sense to them. Because I wouldn't even do that. I would be like, oh, I ain't doing nothing if I got a bench. I need all my strength for the bench. And this is what the guy told me. He says, you got to know how to move forward. One has nothing to do with the other. So, so I was benching and I was about to go to, I said, man, I got to do this back. He was like, why are you discussing the bench? He says, one has nothing to do with the other. He says, you're using a different muscle. Just go and do it. He said, you can't go do it with the weight or the thought of the other stuff that you've been doing. You got to forget those things that are behind you. So you probably have an idea, but you don't know. I probably done a whole nother workout after you left. I never did stuff like that, like this enough. But what it is is I'm going forward. I'm going to the next muscle. I'm not going, I lifted all that weight and went through all that. Man, no, I can't do nothing else. No, you can do more than you realize. But you've never tapped into those muscles before. Yeah, I still think I'm talking about lifting weights. Do you see it? This is what God is doing and renewing the spirit of our mind. We figured out somewhat how to Think different, right, Gerard? Agree to change. And then we're wondering why we haven't. Because we haven't tapped in to understanding that we got to renew the spirit of our mind to really change our default. And that takes more than just visiting the change. That takes more than a week of eating right. It takes more than a month of eating right. You've been eating that way for 25 years. It has to become a new lifestyle, a new default. Amen. You're not just going to read for five, uh, three weeks in a row and all of a sudden your whole lifestyle because what? Some vacation going to kick, something going to kick in and you're going to slip back into default. You may just have a cold, right? 
don't feel the same vitality. And you, if you don't, if you're not mindful why you have the cold, if you're not mindful why you have the cold, I have to, I, I, I'm going to have to do something to keep tapping into this new default. You're going to slip back into the old default. I, I, I hurt my knee and I was really getting into the word. I had really got to a place where I was getting into the word. And, uh, and I was like, well, what am I going to do? Because I, I, I didn't just hurt my knee. I, I, I snapped my patella. So I had surgery, and they gave me, they gave me Percocet. Now, in the hospital, I didn't have no pain, but when I got home, as much as I can take pain, I was calling the doctor. Do you got something stronger than this? Like, I don't even take, she'll tell you, I don't take medication. But I took that. You know, I, I, it was excruciating. But I said to myself, how am I going to keep up my rhythm because I can barely stay woke? I had the word playing, all, she'll tell you, all day. So I said, my, sub, my subconscious, my default, is going to get word even though my conscious is going to be asleep. See, so I still, my, my, I kept my, my subconscious fed, regardless of what my conscious wanted to do. Because I wanted, I knew that's where I needed to change. You see what I'm saying? Stand on your feet. That's, that's enough for today.